Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode 144. This episode is brought to you by Pretty Nerdy Press. Did you know that you don't have to sacrifice style for kids' wall art that engages them in learning? No, really, Pretty Nerdy Press offers beautifully designed educational posters for your home and classroom. And if you use the coupon code 41 more at checkout, they'll give you 10% off your order. You can learn more at 41more.com forward slash pretty nerdy. Welcome to episode 144. Today we're chatting about how to homeschool as a working mom. And our guest today is Jen McKinnon. You can find her at practicalbydefault.com and the Working Homeschool Mom Coffee Club. It's there where she helps working parents by providing practical tips for balancing career, home, and homeschooling. So if you are feeling like, okay, I either want to or I need to get back into the workforce, but I'd still Still like to keep homeschooling my kids, then this is the episode for you because so many moms come into this being told that it's impossible to do both. And Jen is here to say, no, it's not impossible. You just need strategies. You need support. You need to know some great time management tips. And so she has so much wisdom to share with many years of homeschooling and working and making it happen and making it successful. So if you're worried about burnout, if you're worried about what do I do about childcare, you know, how do I actually fit it in and work? How do I homeschool and work? Then This episode hopefully will bring you all the answers you need, or at least a really great overview of the whole process. And then you'll definitely want to deep uh, dive into resources that Jen has, and we will link in the show notes. So everything we mention will be in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 144. So here is my conversation with Jen McKinnon from practicalbydefault.com. All right, Jen, thanks for joining us today. I wanted to start out by just getting to know you and have the audience get to know you. So tell us a little bit about your homeschooling journey. When did you start? Why did you start? I know you've graduated everyone, but let us know kind of what that's looked like. Hey, well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, So as you said, my name is Jen McKinnon and um, I homeschooled for over 14 years. So, um, you know, it was a long journey. And there was a lot of learning and a lot of mistakes along the way, which was fun, Uh, more fun looking back than in the moment. But that's what learning is all about. So I have two children. I have a boy and a girl who are now 18 and 20. And I have the coffee addiction to prove it. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But I started as a homeschool mom because my son, as we prepared to put him in public school, he was ahead of his peers. And now when I tell the story, I always ask people to please remember that I'm in Canada, first of all. So what happens here is a bit different from where you live. And also this is 14 years ago. So things have changed and improved in the public school system. But at the time he was going to be in a rather large class with one teacher. And so, you know, I had full intentions of putting him in public school. He, he and I have really had to work over the years at our relationship because we're very alike. You know, your mom always said, I hope you have a kid just like you. Yeah, I did. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, there was no way I was homeschooling him. 
And the teacher said, you know, I, I, I can't, she recommended homeschooling him because in her words, he would be bored and cause trouble. So he was like four, this little tiny little boy, you know, big blue eyes, blonde hair. And I was thinking, how could you say such a thing? And I thought she was joking because he could read and he knew his numbers and he knew his colors. And she said, you have to realize I'm one teacher with a massive classroom. I have no way to keep him occupied. And so I went home and told my husband and I thought he would like laugh and joke about it. And he said, why don't you just try it? And basically I said, he's out of his mind. But we did. We tried it. And uh, yeah, as they say, the rest is history. So that's kind of where my homeschooling journey began. <laughs> wow. Now, when you started, were you also working at the time? I was not. I started okay. as a stay-at-home mom. I had, you know, my daughter is 22 months younger. And uh, yeah, I had never planned to return to work. I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. I had kids, you know, in my mind, Mm -hmm. you know, they say never say never. So I think everything I said never about, I've actually done. So finally, you know, after 14 years, think maybe I shouldn't use that word. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Now, and I know this is a funny question because everyone, when they homeschool, I mean, our styles change, right? We start out one way, we change, but I mean, would you describe your homeschooling with a certain, by a certain style or, or did you just try everything or what did you land on over the years? So I would originally describe my style as flying by the seat of my pants, but more organized Mm -hmm. because I'm a very organized person as far as not neat, tidy, but organized. There is a difference, (laughs) (laughs) but I would say it's more of an eclectic approach. You know, I was all for doing what worked until it stopped working. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as soon as it stopped working, then it was time to reevaluate. And I think one of the more important lessons I've learned is that even though my children were 22 months apart, you know, they're really close in age, they could not always use the same program or the same approach. They learned differently. They had strengths and weaknesses that were different. So when they were younger, you know, because the law changed and my daughter wanted to learn as soon as her brother was in school, they're actually only one grade level apart. So where I live, you have to use grades. So I use the same programs for most, you know, when they were younger, but then when they hit the higher levels, that didn't work anymore. It was time to like, let that gap form and start using different programs and different curriculum that worked for the children worked for me. So we've used a lot of textbook and workbook approach, um, very structured because that's what worked for my children. And yeah, so I guess I don't know if that's a style, but I call it what worked for us. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. And eclectic because you feel like you're not stuck in a box. You can kind of pick and choose. So yeah, I I agree. I think a lot of families end up with that style of just like picking what works for us right now. So you already said like you were a stay-at-home mom at first when you started homeschooling. When did that change during your journey of homeschooling and that you actually went back to work and kind of can you give us just a peek into into that situation? Uh, yeah. So a lot of, you know, a lot of families are in this position. We got to the point where we could no longer survive financially on one income. And I will be the first to admit that I was very reluctant to going back to work. I did not want to go. And I had a really bad attitude about it, which, you know, attitude makes a big difference. I'm going to just put that out there. If you are not happy about going back to work, I encourage you to find the positives because it really will make life so much easier. 
So I started working outside the home full time. So I had two children that were not old enough to stay home by themselves. So we had to, you know, the first thing, even before I found a job, the first thing I did was sit down with my husband. I was like, okay, childcare, childcare is going to be a problem. And it's the first roadblock, you know, that I encourage people who are working. Sometimes even when you work at home, you need childcare, you know, depending on your job, some places will not allow you to have children in the room. Some children need to be trained to let you work. And when they're at a certain age, that's difficult. So childcare is always going to be one of those things that you need to look into. And there are so many options out there. So the first thing I did is I looked for a job in retail where I could hopefully get um, hours that were opposite to my husband. So it would be less of me going back to work to pay a childcare. Mm -hmm. And then we had family and I had a babysitter, you know, someone. So I had options. And so I worked outside of the home. Um, I thought when I first started going back to work and I'm, I know this isn't the question you asked, but you did ask what it looked like. And yeah. so at first I thought, you know, I was a stay-at-home mom. So I did all the cleaning, all the grocery shopping, all the meals. My husband liked that we were homeschooling, but he was not involved in our homeschool. So, you know, everything that had to do with homeschooling landed on my shoulders. And for some reason in my mind, I thought I could work 30, 40 hours a week, sometimes 60 hours a week, and nothing would change. I thought I could still do it all because that's what society and social media tells us. And, uh, that did not work. <laughs> um, you know, the first Christmas black Friday rush, I found myself sick, um, really, really sick. Uh, you know, it was, it was bad. I went through survival mode. I went through burnout. And I remember the key moment that I finally got it through my head that something had to change as I'm like standing in the living room, having this argument with my husband. And I'm like, I can't do it anymore. And I'm crying and I'm so sick. And in that moment, he's like, you never once asked for help. Mm -hmm. Like never once, never once did I. And I just assumed that he would know. Right. So there was a big moment there. And I think it's the reason I share is because I think as moms, as women, Sometimes we forget that one, we can't do it all, but we also need to ask for help. You know, he didn't know that, you know, working till nine o'clock at night and then going to get groceries until midnight, coming home, you know, and then getting up at six with the kids and it was tough. So that's kind of what it looked like until I figured out, you know, I didn't have to do it all. I had to ask for help and I had to let things go. So it was a lot of learning, like I said, and mistakes, but at least I get to share that story with people now and hopefully they learn from that and don't have to go through it because it sucked. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like there's a lot of strategies that we're going to kind of talk about based on like your story and what you learned. Now, like back to the question of a lot of moms, you know, they are feeling like, okay, I need to go back to work to help financially. And then they always think, you know, well, then that means I absolutely can't homeschool. Obviously you can, but like, so one of the roadblocks you already mentioned is childcare. I mean, that's a huge one, especially if your kids are really little. Are there other um, things that are standing in the way? Like why moms think this is impossible other than childcare? What are some other um, common issues that you've seen with moms that think, okay, I can't work in homeschool? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the first thing that I would say is that nobody talks about it. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so when I started, the reason I started my business was because I was alone. 
you know, um, nobody in my real world or local area worked in homeschool. I had friends at homeschool and I have friends that worked. And the most common thing that you're going to hear is you can't do both. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to find people who understand what you're going through. And I think community is one of those things that people, we just need so badly. So if you are trying to work in homeschool, the first thing you're going to be told is that it can't be done, which is not true because there are many of us out there, but we're so busy trying to make it work that we don't share enough. Um, You know, so that's the first thing is overcoming that mentality. And the next roadblock is how do you fit all the homeschooling, your career, your job. And some of us, you know, don't work because we have to, it's because, or like financially, but it's because we have this passion or we're helping someone or it's, it makes us a better mom. And those are great reasons to work. You know, I don't want anybody to think that because it might not be a financial thing, it's still not important. It is, you know, I was just talking with someone in my mastermind just this week. And they said, I started my business because it was something people wouldn't undo behind me. You know, when you clean the house and you turn around, your kids like run through it and you just watch all your hours of hard work, literally go down the drain. It's devastating. But, you know, so for her, it was like this mental and self-care kind of thing. It was really important. So I think understanding that just, you know, the reason that you work is important. The reason you homeschool is important, but how do you fit those two big sections, puzzle pieces into one life? Mm -hmm. And the key is understanding that you cannot do it all. Like you can be a great homeschool mom. You can be a great working mom. You can be a great housekeeper. You can take care of your health, but you can't do all those things at the same time. So the phrase I like to use with my moms is you can have it all, but you can't have it all at the same time. You need to understand that something has to be a priority. And so being very intentional with your time Um, figuring out, you know, what is the priority for the day? There are going to be days where you're going to go all in to work. You know, maybe you have a deadline, maybe you have a big project, maybe it's Black Friday (laughs) and you have to be there and that's okay. And, you know, the guilt, let the guilt go. Understand that it's okay because there's going to be other days, days off, holidays, evenings, weekends, where you go all into homeschooling. You know, those are the days where you're doing your field trips and your science projects and your arts and crafts and your having fun with your kids and maybe the work stuff kind of slides and that's okay. And then being okay, maybe on day three, we're like, okay, we're now knee deep in laundry and the garbage needs to be taken out. So, you know, you do spend a day cleaning the house and catching up and that's the way it's never balanced. It's always about juggling. What is the priority and what you have for priorities are going to be completely different from what I have priorities. And that's okay. That's the way it's supposed to be. That's super helpful. I think it's even very applicable, even if we don't work outside the home or whatever, like that whole balance that you can't do, you can't multitask everything every day. It does make sense. You have to focus on your priority for that day. I love, that was really helpful. Now, would you say there are certain personalities though, that, that there it's easier for them to be a working homeschool mom? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, are there any red flags for certain moms where you're like, whoa, I don't know if you're going to be able to handle this. Or do you think everyone can given the right tools, the community and the support? What do you think? So I'm one of those um, oddballs, I guess you'd say, but homeschooling is where I feel like everyone can homeschool. I don't think everyone should. Mm -hmm. You know, there are 
So it's definitely not for people who moms or dads who like don't want to do the research, you know, um, they don't want to try new things. They, um, you could be in a situation as well because, so I'm going to back up. So first, as far as I mean, is research. So there's things that you need to do to homeschool and that's not without the working, you know, just the homeschool side of things. You know, you need to research your homeschool laws. You need to figure out how your kids learn. You need to figure out whether you're going to use programs at all. I mean, there are all kinds of methods of homeschooling. And if you are not interested in doing that work, then you need to either find another way or maybe not homeschool. Um, and I think there are personalities kind of, but, you know, I, I run a rather large Facebook community. Um, it's a free group on Facebook. There are about 24,000 people in there. So there are all kinds of personalities and they all make it work in a different way. You know, some are very structured. They like all their lists and some really hate planning. And so, you know, it's all about what are you willing to do to make it work? And of course, then there's the kids that just really thrive in public school. And so, you know, if public school is working for you and, you know, that seems to be working for your family, I'm a big believer in just do what works for your family. And I have, you know, families where two kids are in public school. One is using an online program. One is being homeschooled. They have four kids. So it's all about that flexibility and embracing what works for you. Okay, absolutely. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Now, you've, we've mentioned some of these areas already, but I'm going to circle back anyway to this question because I, people want to know, like, what are the main tricks or the main um, advice, the tips for trying to juggle the homeschooling and the working? So, I mean, we've you've mentioned some, maybe if you want to dive into those again, like the childcare, but it sounds to me like the time management is a huge issue. What, what are the main tips you give to moms? Okay. So I believe there are three things you need in order to be a successful working mom who also homeschools. So the main one is support. And I've mentioned this before, but you know, support and trying to do it all. Most moms, we feel so lonely. You know, the journey you're walking is very unique. And not want a lot of people understand like the sheer amount of pressure that you're under by society or even that we put on ourselves because most of us are not only asked to do it all, but we want to, you know, we want to be the best mom there possibly can. We want to give our kids 110% every day and we want to give our jobs 110% every day. And we want to be the best wife and sister and friend and we can't. And that can be for some of us, very hard, like inside, it can be soul crushing. So if you get support from those who are on that journey with you, it gives you a safe place to be like, boy, today was really rough. And, you know, they're not going to say, well, then put the kids back in school. <laughs> or they're not going to say, hey, quit your job, because that's not what you're saying. You're just saying, hey, Today is hard because we all have hard days, but sometimes we feel like we don't have the freedom to say that because it makes us look weak. And it's also inside the communities, you know, if you have that support, you can reach out and help other moms. And when you do that, you also help yourself. So I feel like support is the key. If you don't get anything else out of this, <laughs> please look for your online communities or support either in person, online. And then the second thing that you need is 
re, like routines and schedules. So this is like your time management piece. You know, you need routines that will help you get supper on the table. You need routines that when are you going to homeschool? You know, you need your schedules because we can't keep it all in our brains. So a planner is important, but it's how you use your planner. So, and that brings us to the third thing is tools. So support so that you can keep going and the good days and the bad days, you have a place to celebrate with you resources and routines and uh, because they are adjustable, right? So frameworks, I, I do a lot of frameworks because every family is different, but you know, you have the basic outline and then you can adjust as you go. And then the tools that help you go make those things work. So planners, curriculum, that type of thing. Okay. So talking about some of the tools, I'm going to guess that there's maybe some curriculum that you've found or styles that work better when you're a working homeschool mom. Like I'm guessing now, correct me if I'm wrong. Like when you homeschooled, were you like on your time off sitting down and individually teaching the kids or were you kind of looking for things that help them be more independent and not needing you as much? Like how did that look as far as homeschool styles while you're working? So I would say it's really important that you teach your kids to be independent, but that always brings me back to what does independence look like for you? What is that goal? And how old are your kids, the age and the stage that they're in? It's really not an instant thing. You know, it's not like instant coffee where you put the coffee in and ta-da, it's here. <laughs> you have to teach your kids to be independent and that takes time. Um, so what homeschooling looked like for us, we used a lot of, um, like I said, a mix of online and offline programs. When you're choosing your curriculum as a working mom, there are some things that you look a little bit different. For example, you need to not only figure out, you know, how your kids learn, but you also need to ask yourself, like, how much time am I going to need to plan, prepare, teach, or correct the work? Can I fit this in? And am I okay with not fitting all the pieces in? So I'll give you an example. A lot of when I was homeschooling, Story of the World was the history program that you used. And I love Story of the World. It is not all inclusive, but it was designed to be done a certain way. Now, I encourage working moms to break the rules. And what I mean by that is take your program, look at the way it's supposed to be used, and then decide, is this going to work for us as is? And if it's not, how can I change it? So it was designed to be done a certain way. And that's not the way we did it. So I would read aloud the story and then I would orally do the questions with the kids. And then when I was at work, the kids would do the activities. So they would do the coloring pages or they would cook the recipe or they would do the fun hands-on stuff. And sometimes we save them for the days off. Um, I tried to take my day off as our activity day. So we'd go to the park. That was our socialization. We'd go to the library. We'd do arts and crafts. We do museums, but we also did like science boxes, which were great. Anything that comes in a box where everything's included was perfect for me because I'm the mom who like bought the candy for the science experiment and then ate it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you want to look for things that make your life easier. You know, you want, I used online programs. CTC math is one of my favorite math programs um, because they did it all. I didn't have to do anything except make sure she did the work. Um, that program didn't work for my son. So he used um, all-in-one homeschool, also known as Easy Peasy. They have a high school program. It's all free. He used that. Worked great for him. Um, he always says he taught himself math because math is my weakness. 
So if you don't excel at a program, don't forget. <laughs> That's what the internet's for. Um, so yeah, that was like kind of some of the things that when it comes to your homeschool, you know, you have to decide, but realizing also that your kids are always learning. So I used a lot of like games, board games, computer games, nature study, um, you know, building with Legos all through the years and counted that as homeschooling. I just never told the kids, you know, the kids didn't realize that they actually homeschooled year round because my husband's like, they need a summer break. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And so for the summer, we did very, slid kind of into an unschooling method, but I wrote down and documented everything that they did. I just never told them. Mm. And, you know, they did a ton of learning throughout the summer that was more an off the books kind of style. Okay. That makes sense too. Like really being creative with it, you know, with your time, your seasons. I, that's really interesting. Now, along those lines, people who've never worked outside the home and they're like, okay, homeschooling takes up this big chunk of my, you know, morning or whatever. They're like, how, like, how do you actually schedule that? Some people said like, do you do school five days a week? Do you still make them do every subject every day? Now you kind of answered it a little with your activity days on your day off, but like what creative, what have you seen even with other moms in your communities? Like that it work crazy hours, or maybe they work during the actual day. Like how have they fit in the homeschooling, you know, in creative ways? So the first thing that you need to consider is what is your law required? So some people need to hit so many hours and some people need to hit so many days. So once you figure out, like I didn't have to meet any of those, but I did have subjects that I needed to cover and um, they wanted us to cover them all. I mean, sometimes one time I wrote it, it was like nine different subjects, which was insane, right? Cause they included foreign language. They had math, they had English and we didn't have social studies. We had it all broken up. So we had geography and history and science and mm -hmm. oh, it was like never ending list. So the first thing is to realize what is required and then get really creative on how you're going to do it. So unit studies are a great way to combine a lot of subject. Mm -hmm. For example, um, you can do a unit study on say a country um, notebooking pages has like a free country set so you can take that print it off and then you can gather books and you could watch a documentary and you could cook a recipe from it and so there you've covered you know cooking and science and history and reading and art and you know you can mark that it's the way you document it so you need to get creative that way another way is to realize that learning with your children doesn't happen between like nine and three Monday to Friday, right? It, your children are always learning. So that bedtime story that you read to your kids at night, you know, it can be a fun story. And then you can ask questions that help them understand maybe the moral of the story or sentence structure, or, you know, you get your child to read to you. You can count that as homeschooling. A lot of new homeschooling parents, especially get caught up on what counts and what doesn't. And the easy answer is everything counts but then it gets really complicated, right? So you just kind of, my favorite way to do this, and this was my big light bulb moment of when I realized my kids were learning without me, if we have time for a story. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so I had returned to work and my son was, you know, with his grandmother for the day. And I came and I picked him up and he was telling me all about the solar system. We hadn't studied the solar system. I didn't, he knew all the planets. He knew it's fun facts. He had drawn a picture. 
And I was like, when, when did you learn this? Like, I didn't teach them. This wasn't something we covered in school. So how was he doing this? You know, I was at work. I think I worked eight to three that day. And he's like, oh, Nanny let me, you know, pull out books off her bookshelf. And she had read with him and, you know, pointed out things and she got him to watch a video. And in that moment, it was like that light bulb, like, okay, I don't have to be sitting beside my kids, you know, with the table because I had not de-schooled. So in my mind, my kids only learned when they were sitting down. (laughs) And so, you know, this was like, oh, wait a minute. And it made homeschooling while working so much easier because I could have fun with my kids and they were still learning. And so what I would do is at the end of the day, I would ask my kids, Hey, what did you do today? And as they told me, I would pull out my journal and I'd write down everything that they did from like puzzles to walking outside, um, you know, playing at the playground. And then after I would sit down and assign it a subject, a homeschool subject. And I would write like a little paragraph about academically what it was so that I was documenting everything. And it was really eye-opening to how much your kids learn outside of the structured learning. We still had seat work. So I don't want you to think that we never sat down to learn things because when it comes to harder subjects or introducing something new, they needed me there. So we often did school on Saturdays and Sunday afternoons, you know, in the evenings, holidays. Those were great times for us to catch up on those things. Now, were you writing stuff down, like what they learned? Was that for your own sake to go, okay, my kids are learning? Or did you have to do that legally, paperwork-wise, or anything like that? Uh, For me, it was for my own, like, mental state. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because as a working mom, you have this guilt, right? A lot of working moms have this guilt, like, I'm not with my kids all day, so they're not learning. They're not doing anything. Um, What if I'm behind? What if I'm not doing enough? And so this helped me see on paper in black and white what my kids were actually learning. And it helped release that guilt because I was like, okay, they're fine. You know, we're on track. Um, And, you know, I did have to report records for where I live. It was like, this is what you're going to do. And then this is what we did. And we could switch in the middle, but I had to get what I was going to do approved, what I did approve, and then send like basic samples. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Now, as we're kind of wrapping up, I wanted to just hit on a couple more little issues, which I know are, is really important about this whole burnout issue. And, and I mean, moms of all sorts, we deal with burnout, but I'm sure there's a specific kind of way you get burnout if you're trying to be a working homeschool mom, um, juggling both those things. So what have you seen in your own story or with moms you work with, how do working homeschool moms fight that burnout that's going to come if, I guess, if they're trying to do it all, what, what suggestions do you have? I think the first thing is to realize that burnout can happen to anyone and it varies from person to person because a lot of people are like, oh, I'm just tired, you know, but it's, it's more than that. Burnout is like characterized by chronic exhaustion, feeling of frustration, feeling powerless, and then being overwhelmed, right, with all the decisions that you need to make. So, you know, there's the first thing that you need to do is figure out your priorities um, and recognize you only have 24 hours a day. And I know you hear that all the time, but I will say I've tried a lot of things that I've never managed to, to figure out how to add hour 25 to my day, right? That's all we get. So as working moms, you need to be intentional. I'm not saying you need to have every hour planned out, 
but it's how we use the time that we have that's really important. And it makes a huge difference. And then realizing that there's only one of you. So again, I'm circling back to that. You cannot do it all. So you really need to figure out like what's important, what needs to be done by you. I have a question that I give people when they feel overwhelmed for the day. And I ask them to ask this question, like what needs to be done by you today? So the first part of the question is what needs to be done? Like what, what is required to be done by the end of the day? Do the kids need to be dropped off somewhere? Do you need to show up at work? Is there a meal that needs to go on the table? Okay. So you've got your list of needs, right? And now what needs to be done by you? So what can you outsource? Can you toss supper in the crock pot? Okay, great. You know, cause people think outsourcing is paying someone to do it. And that's not always the case. Sometimes we, we can, that's great. If you can hire a housekeeper, by all means, please do it. <laughs> but you can also, you know, ask the other adult in the house, your spouse, your partner, hey, can you throw a load of laundry in? Okay, that's something that you don't need to do. Can, you know, a friend who's going in town, you know how they always say, hey, if you need anything, let me know. And then we don't because that's really hard, right? So if they say that and you're like, yeah, I really need these library drop books dropped off. Okay, great. Or, you know, grouping like tasks. So you're going in to do the library. Can you do the bank runs? Can you grab groceries? Can you do multiple things while you're in town? So that's less gas, less time. So making decisions like that, getting those systems and routines in place, asking that question, you know, what needs to be done by you? And then today. So are you doing tasks today that are actually don't need to be done today? You know, can they be done another day? So that's one way to like really understand how you're using your time. And that's how to avoid burnout. If you're already in burnout, I would sit down and really look at what's on your plate. Like really understand exactly what you're doing, where your time's going, and then open the lines of communication within your family. So this is where I failed. And I know not asking for help is a bad idea. So let others help. Let your spouse, partner, friends chip in. Let your kids handle, you know, even small kids can help around the house. And I know some people are like, I don't like my kids doing chores. But if we think about it, our job as parents is to prepare our kids to leave the house. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but I don't like cleaning the house. I don't want to go clean their house. So they need to know how to do basic skills. Even just picking up toys and putting them in a basket is a massive help. It's one thing you don't have to do. It won't be done the way that you want it done. It won't be done the right way, but it helps, right? So asking for help doesn't make you any less capable of running your own life. I know that's hard, but it's so worth it. And the last thing I would say is make sure you are looking after yourself with self-care. And every time I bring that up, mom's like, I don't have time. <laughs> but self-care is anything that recharges you. So it doesn't have to be a full day at the spa would be nice again, but we're being realistic and practical, right? So most of us don't have time to take a full day off, but do you have five minutes in the morning to sit and like prepare yourself for the day? So I love my morning routine. I try to get up even five minutes before the kids and don't make any noise because they will hear you and they will find you. But, you know, it gives me a minute to look over my planner, to have a cup of coffee, to read and to like, okay, this is what's going on for the day. I get a few minutes to breathe. I try to do five to 10 minutes, three times a day. 
So the other things that recharge me personally is walking. So I go outside and I do circles in my yard. I know it sounds stupid, but it gives me a chance to breathe. The kids are not, you know, when they were little, they were like, mom, 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 mom. (laughs) I got tired of hearing mom. So, you know, three or five minutes to yourself, it just really helps you release that stress and remember the purpose. So those are the three things I would definitely start with. That's helpful. Now, as we wrap up, I know there are some moms that are like, okay, I I know I need to go back to work, but I need that um, blog post that Jen wrote or a resource or something where it just helps me get started at step one. So do you have a place that you would send moms that are like, okay, this is me. I'm I'm getting back into the workforce. Do you have like... Um, a place you would tell them to start and, and whatever you mentioned, we'll link to as well in the show notes. So where would you tell them to start? So I would start with, um, I have an article on my website called, can you successfully work and homeschool your kids at the same time? And in that article, I walk you through, um, you know, the five things you need to keep in mind. So it's like keys to making your homeschool and life work, choosing curriculum and programs, childcare and learning opportunities while you work, planning and schedules and where to find community and support. So I would start there. Um, It kind of gives you that overview. And then of course you can always reach out to me on Facebook. I'm happy to talk. Awesome. We'll link to the Facebook group as well. So you have a free Facebook group, but then you also tell us just um, about your, and I hope I get this right, the Working Homeschool Mom Coffee Club. Is that right? Okay. It is. So tell us about that. So I do have a free large group and free is great, right? Mm -hmm. There's lots of people in there. And the problem that members were having is that the group moves really fast. It's super active. And when you ask a question, sometimes it feels like drinking out of a water hose, right? It's like all this information and it's not really tailored for you because people don't know you. So what I did is they, at their request, they asked for a smaller community. So this is a small community that combines two things. So we have um, workshops and sessions that cover things like meal planning. They cover, you know, being a single mom who's working in homeschooling. How does that work? We t- it covers uh, getting started, de-schooling. What's the difference between de-schooling and on-schooling? So there's about 33 workshops in there right now. And we have a lot coming up for this year I'm super excited about. And so those subjects cover those sessions cover three subjects. We talk about business. We talk about family management. So things like meal planning and decluttering and cleaning your house and building relationships with your kids and homeschooling. And then it's also paired with the community. So we have a small Facebook group as well, where we do monthly challenges. You can come in and ask questions. You can get support. And we have co-working sessions where you jump on Zoom and you get to hang out with us. And it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. And it's a small group. Awesome. We will link to all that in the show notes, but this has been super helpful and very interesting as a, I mean, I have never worked outside the home while I've been homeschooling. I work inside the home, but I mean, I can imagine like the challenges are very unique. So I'm grateful that you were able to spend some time with us, um, kind of walking us through this really important topic. So Jen, thanks again for your wisdom and for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. I hope this episode has been really helpful for you if you want to get back into the workforce and you're wondering how to juggle it all. There has been so many 
great ideas shared. And I know you'll find more on Jen's blog and also in her membership, which you can find all the links to in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 144. Thanks for joining us today. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling.